Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. All right, my friends. Uh, I tell you what, at least we're not in a nuclear war. I guess that's the good news that came from over the weekend. Biden just continues to step us closer and closer to unmitigated disaster, arguing quite literally. I, I can't make this up. Quite literally for regime change in Russia, that's what's happening. His administrative staff, his PR people, which includes, by the way, people in the media, they have all tried to do everything they can to walk back everything that Joseph Biden has done during this trip to Europe, this trip to Poland, and I'm going to get into it today. Hope you had a great weekend, my friends. We are, by the way, um, wrapping up kind of this first introductory leg of what will eventually, God willing, um, be what we're going to call the truth tour um, as we travel. Uh, I I don't want to talk about that right now. I want to get into the issues. But we're in Santa Fe, New Mexico, which, by the way, stunningly beautiful so far. We just got here uh, yesterday. So we haven't seen too much of the city, but my goodness, I tell you that the I told my wife as we were as we were driving, I said, you know, whoever is in charge, and if you're if this is you, because we have listeners all over the country, if you're in charge, I don't mean this personally, I I don't, because I'm sure there's budgetary concerns or whatever, but whoever's in charge of the Department of Tourism in the state of New Mexico has done either hasn't been given the tools or doesn't know what the heck they're doing because this state is absolutely beautiful and fantastic and they should be telling their story a little bit better, actually a lot better from Carlsbad Caverns to the White Sands National Park to Albuquerque, which I visited briefly over the weekend and saw the petroglyphs. I mean, if this is... Incredible stuff. Old Town, Albuquerque, beautiful stuff. The scenery, just a wonderful place. And now Santa Fe, Red River, which we visited last last fall, is gorgeous as well, up by Taos. I didn't go to Taos, but we were close. Anyway, enough about that. That's where we are. We're headed back, headed back towards Indianapolis uh, this week. We'll be back in town for a couple of couple of months, back on home, back at home base. And uh Hopefully, again, God willing, um, begin to ramp up the truth tour. So let's talk about Biden out here. Biden goes to Poland and literally, I, I, folks, this embarrassing isn't even doesn't even do this justice. I mean, what we're dealing with here is absolute. Oh, it, I don't know incompetence. I don't even know if that's a fair assessment of what we're dealing with. It's it's so far from any degree of competence that I think calling it incompetent, using the word competent, even in saying incompetent, is 
misusing the word incompetent because this is worse than that. This, I'm telling you, this is an utter disgrace and an embarrassment and quite frankly, a complete, completely dangerous path that we have ourselves, that we have ourselves on because of this administration. He literally, folks, calling for regime change. Now, they're trying to tell us, they're trying to tell us that that's not what Biden meant. What Biden meant when I pl- uh, when he said what I'm going to play in this soundbite here over uh, over the weekend, what he meant was that Russia shouldn't be re- remaining in power over people that aren't in Russia. So exercising its powers outside the bounds of the Russian Federation. But of course, that's not what he said, and that's not what he meant. In fact, we have I guess sound bites from one of Obama's Obama's acting FBI director, I think, who basically said, Yee, this is really bad and embarrassing, and this is actually going to empower empower Putin. So if Trump said something like this and the media framed it or someone in the former Biden administration official framed it, excuse me, former Obama administration official would have framed it as uh, empowering Putin. They would have said this was a pro-Putin propaganda move. So by Biden going out there and basically calling for Putin to be removed from power, to be removed from power as president of Russia, which I'm not... look. I'm sure someone out there, ah, oh, this is defending Putin. No, this isn't defending Putin. I'm, I'm saying this is terrible from the position of how the United States government is handling this. Did we not learn anything during the first 20 years of, well, maybe the first 10 years, whatever it was, where we were engaged in literally regime change in places in the Middle East? Right? Regime change. Where we're going to go in, we're going to say, and, and folks, at the time... People could make the case for these things because you say, hey, the reason we have all this problem in this particular part of the world is because of the leadership, because of the regime in charge. And so if we have a different regime, then suddenly this will become better. But, of course, that's not what happened. In fact, we got in um, engrossed in a 20-year war. Now, it's not, it wasn't all about regime change. I mean, we were fighting terrorism, but it got convoluted and messed up. And you think, Biden literally, right? Biden literally, he took an opportunity back in September or forced an opportunity back in September to get out of Afghanistan, which I'm not saying we shouldn't have gotten out. I'm simply saying the way we did it should absolutely not have been the way that it was done, which is, again, <laughs> Any fair-minded human being would agree with those sentiments. I mean, folks, we left people. We left people in Afghanistan. 15,000 is what was being reported in the months to follow. I think we had gotten 6,000 and there were 9,000 remaining. I don't even know how many still. We don't, the media doesn't talk about this. This doesn't matter because Biden got his headline. The PR firm in the media, which that is who the... The PR firm is the media for Biden. That's just what it is. So they gave him the headline, Biden ends America's longest war. And Biden was out there patting himself on the back, saying that previous presidents from both 
political parties could not end this war. I'm going to end this war. I am just freaking fantastic. And that's what he did. He ended, he ended the war, but he ended a war in such a way that it created a lot of turmoil and, and devastation on lives of Americans that were there and lives of uh, Afghans, Afghanis who were there who saw who who saw the complete abandonment by the US US government and they faced terrible consequences because of this so this this guy he's he he is a scorched earth kind of kind of leader on on when it comes to this i mean he is just burning it down with his with his words right with what he's saying he is causing problems that don't exist. He's taking problems that do exist, even problems that aren't necessarily his fault, and he's making them worse. I don't know what he's done that could be remotely considered as an improvement on the circumstances that were there once he took charge, once he became commander-in-chief. So I want you to listen to this. You may have heard this by now. Biden, over the weekend, talking uh, in Poland, I believe, here, talking about Putin, and he says, for God's sake, this man cannot remain in power. Listen to this. For God's sake, this man cannot remain in power. There you go. Now, the people in his administration, the media, want to spin this. They want to tell you, well, what he's really meaning, what he's really meaning here, he's not calling for regime change. No, no, no. What he's doing is saying he cannot remain in power in Ukraine, which is where he's demonstrating his power by invading a country that does not belong to his, uh, well, to, to the Russian Federation. It's not, it's not Russia. It's Ukraine. And so that's what Biden's really saying. The problem is that's absolutely not what he said. That's absolutely not what he said. He's calling for the for the ouster, the ouster of the Russian government or the Russian president. He's calling for regime change. Now, if if they're Putin's a bad dude. I mean, no one's denying that Putin is a bad a bad character. No one is denying that. In fact, in spite of what the media wants you to believe. But think, just think about this. I, I, I marvel, and I candidly tremble sometimes when I think of how far we've come, how far we've come in sh such a short period of time. Remember back in 2012, Obama, I played this soundbite a week or two ago, Obama, when Mitt Romney, candidate Mitt Romney at the time, who was running against Biden, excuse me, Obama in the 2012 election, when asked who the greatest geopolitical foe was for the United States of America, Mitt Romney said Russia, to which Obama and his team of speechwriters got together and they thought they came up with a great one-liner, maybe a two-liner. Uh, Mitt, the uh, 1980s called, they want the foreign policy back. The 1950s called and want their social policies back. And the 1920s called and they want their economic policies back. And then that was it. They thought that they dealt with that. They thought that they branded Mitt Romney as an irrelevant 
And they won the election, by the way. I'm not, I'm not defending defending any of that. But my point is it was a, a slapstick comedy routine for the Democrats back in 2012. Then, of course, 2016 came along, and they made it sound like Russia somehow convinced through Facebook and Twitter and TikTok and everything else. Pokemon Go, that's my favorite that they blame, by the way. Pokemon Go, because I've seen people play Pokemon Go, as I've shared with you. As I've been running in the park, as I've gone in to get my hair cut. I don't play that, but I got along just fine with them. In fact, I'm so tempted when I see a group of people doing that to asking them, hey, which of you folks here were tricked by the ad you saw, Russian ad, on Pokemon Go to vote for Trump instead of Hillary back in 2020? And, of course, they all would look at me like I was Crazy, because that's a crazy proposition. That's what we've been force-fed for these past, what is it, six years now, whatever it is. Anyway, that was the narrative, and so Russia suddenly became, Russia suddenly became a nation, a geopolitical foe, if you will, that the media and the Democrats could suddenly turn against because they helped Trump. That was the, the narrative. Of course, they didn't help Trump. In fact, if they helped anybody, if they helped anybody, you can see fingerprints of how Russians, Russians helped Hillary. I mean, they that's the connection. It's not Trump and Russia. Just like it's not Trump and Russia, it's Biden and Ukraine or Biden and China. We got all this information on Hunter Biden's laptop. No one in the media seems the slightest bit concerned about this, but I want you to hear it's so bad. It's so bad here. Michael Morell, who's the former acting director of the CIA under Obama. If I said FBI last when I was mentioning this in the previous part of the segment, please correct me. It was the acting director of the CIA under President Obama. I want you to listen to what he says. This is this is his interpretation of the damage that Biden's words are doing. And I've got more. This is just the tip of the iceberg here. With Biden over in Europe, thank goodness we didn't send him into Ukraine. Heaven only knows what would have happened there. But listen, listen to this. It does. Well, Mike, I want to ask you about the, President Biden's speech uh, in which he said that Vladimir Putin cannot remain in power. He also framed this conflict as totalitarianism versus freedom. What did you make of those two remarks? So I think um, his comment that Putin um, had to go was an unforced error. Um, it makes it, it strengthens error. Putin at home makes it difficult for any domestic opposition to coalesce together. And no Russian citizen, none, um, wants to be told by the leader of Russia's main enemy about what their leadership can look like and not. Um, The broader framing I worry about as well. Um, I think we should frame this narrowly, Russia out of Ukraine, and impose so much pain on this man that he never thinks about doing this again. I think framing it as democracy versus autocracy drives the Chinese closer to the Russians and makes it difficult for some of our own allies who are autocrats to stand with us. All right, we're going to have to. So there you go. So so Biden's words, not only not only do they create confusion, increase tension, bring up all the talk that we've had about issues of, of regime change for the past 20 years or whatever it's been. Not not All that stuff happens, but he says it's actually made it's made it worse. It's not funny. I just, I cannot, I just keep thinking about what the, a lot of these folks who voted for Biden were told that, hey man, you elect this guy 
and everything. The world's gonna love us again. You elect this guy, you don't have to worry about Twitter, you know, Twitter accounts and, and tweets and what the president might say. Bet me you don't. This is this is infinitely worse than any Trump tweet ever could have dreamt of being. This is nowhere in the same in the same ballpark. We have Obama's former acting director of the CIA saying that this was an unforced error. It strengthens Putin. It actually strengthens the relationship between China and Russia. It makes some of our other allies who are autocracies, which I firmly do not believe that that is the way the humanity is supposed to live. I'm not, I am not, that is the furthest thing from what I believe. But we have to understand what we're up against here. And you have to, you have to have some sort of judgment as to when you should engage certain people, certain countries on what issues when you're the president of the United States and when it doesn't matter. Folks, when we fought World War II, and I've got to take a break here. I mean, we it was it was Churchill, it was FDR, you know, Churchill in Great Britain, FDR in the United States, um, being begged for a long time by by Churchill basically to enter the war, and of course we did after Pearl Harbor, December seventh, nineteen forty one. And who is the other character? The other character was Joseph Stalin, who killed. 20 or 30 million people, something like that, of his own people in the 20th century, which is reprehensible, which is evil, which is atrocious. I just absolutely awful and evil and straight from the pits of hell. But should FDR during those meetings, and by the way, the Cold War resulted, was the result of the Allied powers, which was... Great Britain, the United States, and and Russia. It was the result of the post-war kind of aftermath where we split Europe and Russia had influence and kind of domain in a sense, some authority, some at least at least heavy influence. And the United States had influence over the, the places that stayed free. And so, but should FDR have said no? I don't want to I don't want Joseph Stalin on our side because he's a communist dictator. I mean in some sense um that's he it was not understandable, but I'm saying it's the same person on both sides of the war, but we had a war to win. Right? We had a we had a war to win. And so you have to think about these things and one thing impacts the other. There's not these things don't exist in a vacuum. And so this again, Michael Morell saying Biden's out there making unforced errors as actually strengthening Putin at home because the people who are maybe not for Putin would say, hey, you know what? Even though even though we're not necessarily for Putin, we don't want the United States of America determining who our leaders are either. And so I just what what a joke. What an absolute joke and most importantly, disastrous dumpster fire. It continues. I've got to take a break. Sit tight, my friends. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute.
Welcome back, my friends. By the way, program brought to you in part by Best Insight Eye Care. I have to admit, um, I have I've been struggling a little bit with um, more and more migraines behind what I think are migraines. It's usually behind my left eye, and so when I get back in the town, I'm going to go see Doctor uh, Doctor Huffman and his team there at Best Inside Eye Care, make an appointment, see if we can get this figured out and not bothering me so much. Not to complain, just to tell you that we work with our advertisers as much as possible as well. BestInsideEyeCare.com, BestInsideEyeCare.com. Check them out, give them a chance to earn your business. I'm going to be making an appointment there sometime later in April or May. In fact, I looked at the... (laughs) Looked at the uh, availability here during the break just to make sure that I could get in whenever we are in town. So bestinsideeyecare.com. Be sure to tell them you heard about them here on the Todd Huff Show. So something else that was said during uh, that soundbite that I just played last segment from Michael Morell, acting CIA director under President Obama. So this it's important to realize who we're dealing with here. We're dealing or we're listening to someone who's, I mean, an Obamaite, I guess. Someone who's in the Obama administration. They uh, they worked with Biden. they not happy with this. This is an unforced error, thinking this is going to help our opponents and so forth. But there's something else he said in that soundbite. I'm not going to replay it. Because I want to, I don't want to uh, detract from the time we have available here. But he said this. He said that it's a mistake to frame this as democracy versus autocracy. And he, look, I don't know. So I'm sometimes amazed by people inside the Beltway. They, I don't know if they become immune to the way that politics works. I don't know if he's so focused and, and starting with the assumption that everything that's said and done here is strictly for um, for Ukraine. And I, I don't mean to be I don't mean to be too what's the word cynical here. But this is not just about Ukraine. Just like the whole COVID thing wasn't just about and it and candidly it shouldn't have just been COVID shouldn't have just been about public health. We had the economy to worry about. We had other health um, concerns as well, which we've seen those problems become much worse after the way our government handled COVID. The concerns about what the role of government is, what the Constitution allows, those conversations were always important, as was public health, as is public health today as well. But this is not just this issue with Ukraine is not just from the in the minds of the people calling the shots and making the plans in today's Democrat party. This is about a lot more than that. In fact, this is about that the positioning and posturing is also about I'm, I'm going to give them – I'm, I'm not going to say it's only about politics. I'm trying to be fair here. I don't want I don't want to lose someone who might hear what I have to say 
if they, you know, if, if they think I'm at least giving Biden the benefit of the doubt here, I'm going to do that, and that may irritate some of you as well. But for the broader point to what I want to discuss next segment, which we got to take a break here because I was long in the first segment, but I want to talk about the politics of this too. So I'm not going to say it's just about politics, but it's always about politics for politicians in general and especially about politics for today's Dramacrat party. And I want to explain that and talk about what this is. And he's, uh, again, the, the former CIA, the acting CIA director, former acting CIA director under Obama says that this is a mistake to frame it as democracy versus autocracy because it strengthens Putin. It draws him closer to, it strengthens Putin at home in Russia because people think we don't want the United States picking our leaders. It connects Russia with China because the, that that uh, shared autocracy, right? I mean, you, you got a select group that's running the show, calling the shots. Um, if they can unite on those things, Russia and China, that relationship could get stronger. So they could be pulled further that direction or into that relationship, which is not a good thing on the geopolitical stage. Um, and also, again, he points this out, not me, the former acting CIA director under Obama. The third thing is we've got autocracies in places around the world that we're trying to you know, side with us to put pressure on Russia and to do all these other things. Um, so... That's an important thing to keep in mind to and to consider here because if we're going to make it about those things, what are we going to do with those allies in this sense who are autocrats? Anyway, we'll get to those things after the break. Sit tight, my friends. Listen to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. <laughs> back my friends so let's return to this conversation here because i think it's important i think it's important and we'll get to some of the other things biden said uh, during his time in in europe including to the u.s troops um over in europe who are not in ukraine but are in other parts of europe but let's let's the, the reason it matters this conversation um the former acting CIA director says, look, this is a mistake. Let's not frame this autocrats versus people who are in favor of, of democracies. That could put tension and strain between us and our auto, autocrat allies on this issue. But I think it's important to point out and to understand the reason that Biden and Democrats will float these sorts of things is because they're setting up, they're setting up messaging or they're they're testing uh, messaging for the twenty twenty two midterm was a midterm campaign. So what they're effectively doing here is adding to the narrative. They're adding to the the narrative, and I must say this I think is a bit of a hail mary, uh, but it, I think it is their strategy. They they know they're in a position to get shellacked in the midterms. They know that they are going to take it heavily on the chin. They're hoping that they can find something, whether it's a message, a narrative, a candidate, 
an event, something that will cause people to go back to the Democrats and Joe Biden. In fact, um, NBC, I think it was NBC, they had, in fact, I got a clip, uh, Chuck Todd talking about Biden's polling. This is the lowest Biden has been in polling um, since they started during his term as president. So they know, they, they are just, the folks behind the scenes, the campaign people, the messaging people, the folks who are trying to make and create narratives to drive people to the Democrat Party during the midterms are absolutely and utterly terrified. They are. 100%. That is the reality. And so what they're trying to do here, they're trying to set up a campaign message which basically says, I'm, I'm going to overly simplify this, but I think it's, well, not overly, I'm going to make it simple. I don't think too overly simplified, but it is simpler than um, simply, I think, than some of these other pundits would, would try to explain. So the, the radical left and the media, getting help from their PR firm, they are engaged in messaging a strategy, a narrative, that basically says the Democrats are the party of democracies. The Democrats are pro-democracy. They are trying to help democracies around the world. I mean, this this is a sudden and new development here. But again, this is all in response to their other their other narratives. You know, they say they say that when you tell a lie and then you feel the need to tell other lies to cover up that lie, oh what a tangled web we weave. At first we practice to deceive, right? And so that's effectively what they've done here. They've taken a narrative down the path. They've taken us they've taken us into Russian collusion and Adam Schiff and two impeachments and pretending like they were really sad to have to impeach President Trump and all these sorts of things. And so now this now we're on the doorstep of war with Ukraine. And now suddenly, because of the language that's been used the past several years and how they've tried to identify Trump or tie him to Putin and all these sort of anti-democratic forces, this is kind of where they force themselves. So the election, they're going to try to make the election about what they're going to call pro-democracy Democrats and then, of course, pro-Russia, pro-autocrat Putin-loving Republicans. That is the narrative. And so that, as terrible as it is to actually wrap our minds around this and realize what that means, that means if you have to go out in front of U.S. troops, as Biden has done, and peddle the talking points of democracy versus autocracy, then then i mean that i guess that's just where we are that is what they're trying to do they're laying the groundwork test balloon you know, trial balloons whatever to see if they can make this messaging stick if this doesn't work they will figure something else out how successful it will be that remains to be determined but that is what this is about as much as anything. I'm not saying the whole Russian conflict. Don't don't put words in my mouth. But the way that this is being framed, the way this is being argued, is absolutely about politics. Absolutely 
about narrative, absolutely about messaging, absolutely about the 2022 midterms. And if they can somehow make it look like the Democrat Party is the party of democracy, the Republican Party is the party of autocracies, um, then that's what they're going to do. And that's why I'm just amazed that this acting CIA director either doesn't want to acknowledge that or doesn't realize that. Maybe he's so focused on actually fixing this problem because it's a legitimate problem that he doesn't take the time to think about the political implications. But I, my friends, have <laughs> have done that for you. And I think it's important that we think about this and realize this. They have sold, they have sold their soul. They don't think about truth. It's all about what kind of advantage can we get from whatever message we can put together. And there are people behind the scenes working feverishly even as I speak doing that very thing. It's not rooted in truth. It's not rooted in reality. It's rooted in how can we benefit from this terrible situation? How can we flip these polls to go in our favor? Make no mistake, my friends. Sit tight. Continue our discussion when we get back. Back in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. I shared with you that we've already got one thing we've got to walk back with. well we don't but biden's team did which is the uh removal the regime change in russia biden also had to walk back his team had to walk back the <laughs> just incredible uh, this the possibility of using chemical weapons against russia listen to this exchange conflict that you do not want to see World War III. But is it possible that in expressing that so early that you were too quick to rule out direct military intervention in this war, could Putin have been emboldened knowing that Uh you are not going to get involved directly in this conflict? No and no. Okay, second part here. And to clarify on chemical weapons, could if chemical weapons were used in Ukraine, would that trigger a military spo- response from NATO? It would, re- it would trigger a response in kind. Whether in kind. you're asking whether NATO would cross, we'd make that decision at the time. And my final question. Okay, there you go. There you go. So whatever that's all supposed to mean, that is um, what his response was. In regards to chemical weapons, which, of course, is something they've had to walk back as well. The the administration has had to walk this back. He also was speaking before a group of uh, soldiers. Um, This was in Europe. This is in Poland, I believe, uh, over over the weekend. And he tells – it's the 82nd Airborne, actually. He tells the 82nd Airborne that – he that they may end up in in Ukraine. Now, there's a short soundbite to this, and then I'm going to play the longer one because if I played the shorter one, if I played the shorter one, people have said and they will say that well, they, he didn't say they're going to Ukraine in this, but the entire context of this is Ukraine. So I want to play. We're going to play. I don't know what is this a minute or so of this of this soundbite. And you can listen to the full thing in context. The whole speech is nine nine minutes or so if you want to listen to the whole thing, which I got to tell you was one of the most bizarre and just full of gibberish things I've heard in a while. But listen to – this is what he tells – what Biden tells the troops regarding, regarding Ukraine. I spent a lot of time in Ukraine when I was a senator and vice president. 
I've spoken Talking. to the Rada in the days when they, in fact, uh, didn't have what you'd call democracy. Talking about Ukraine. there in the Madan when the former leader had to take off and head up into Russia. And uh, so, you know, with the Ukrainian people, Ukrainian people have a lot of backbone. In this thing. A lot of guts. And I'm sure you're observing. Try to stay awake here. And I don't mean just the military, which is we've been training since back when they, uh, Russia moved into uh, in, in the southeast, southeast um, Ukraine. Mm-hmm. But also the average citizen. Look at how they're stepping up. Look at how they're stepping up. Clearly talking about Ukraine. And you're going to see when people you're in there, Ukraine. Some, some of you have been there. You're going to see. You're going to see women. You've been there. You're going to see when you're there. Some of you have been there. You're going to see. You're going to see women. Young people standing stand in the middle of front of a damn tank. It's just saying, I'm not leaving. You're going to see it my ground. when you're there. They're incredible. But they take a lot of inspiration from us. And you know, a woman who just died, the Secretary of State, used to have an expression. She said, we are the essential nation. It sounds like a bit of a hyperbole. First. The matter is, you are the organizing principle around which the rest of the world is, the free world is moving. And we're in the midst of, and I don't want to sound too philosophic here, no but we're about in the that. midst of a fight between democracies and, 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 and oligarchs. This is a pep talk. What in the world are we dealing with here? But you heard, I, I backed it up because I was talking over him because I was afraid you were going to doze off there. Hit your head on the car horn as we had in the, the speeches during uh, the campaign. But bottom line here, he said, when you're there, when you're there, you might see these things. I mean, that's pretty clear and cut and dry. So I played the whole thing to give you context. Administration is having to walk all these things back, my friends. I got to take a timeout. Back here in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. So Biden's team is having to walk everything that this guy is saying back, trying to reframe it, reposition it, tell us what he really meant, which, of course, leads people to believe who's really who's really in charge here. To understand what the guy means, we're supposed to listen to his, what, to Jen Psaki the next day? To someone in the media trying to explain what he really meant? What in the world is going on here? I mean, this, my friends, is a dangerous, unmitigated dumpster fire and disaster. It, it's, I, there, there's so many things that, that, flow from this that I time permitting this week I want to get into but this just shows I mean there's the political consequences of course the immediate ramifications of what we're dealing with with Putin and Russia and so forth but no time to discuss that today out of time music's telling me it's time to wrap up have a great day folks SDG see you tomorrow take care